Blog Talk Radio. A spin-off feature of the popular website, www.herewearewithlucy.com. We hope the information on our radio shows and website make your life better, brighter, and easier. Come on by and subscribe so you're alerted to new content, and it's free. Your information is never sold or shared. Plus, we know you're busy and prefer quality to quantity, so we don't bug you with constant updates. Our mission is to inspire and support your personal growth. Well, we have a little fun along the way. It's Sunday, October 10th, 2010, and to chat chat about the women's roles and roles for women in movies that have been recently released on DVD and on demand is Chick Flick Chat co-host Susan Rigazzo. She and I are going to discuss, dissect, and dish the details of today's Chick Flick Chat featured film, Eat, Pray, Love. Okay, Susan, we could not wait until this movie came out on DVD, could we? Hi, Lucy. No, we could not wait. With all the buzz surrounding this movie, we had to go out and get the scoop for ourselves. We did, and it was fun. We'll get to a lot of things about this. And listeners, this is the first time Susan and I are discussing this film. And like we always do, we are only focusing on the film, not the book, during Chick Flick Chat. Susan and I know it's going to be hard to cover all the details in 30 minutes of this trilogy of a journey. So let's get started. Susan, would you give us the who's who for this movie? Absolutely. In Eat, Pray, Love, Elizabeth Gilbert is played by Julia Roberts. Felipe is played by Javier Bardem. Steven is played by Billy Crudup. Richard is played by Richard Jenkins. Delia is played by Viola Davis. David is played by James Franco. Katut is played by Haiti Subianto. And Tulsi is played by Rashida Singh. Now, Eat, Pray, Love is the story of Elizabeth Gilbert, who, after leaving her husband and unhappy marriage behind, decides to journey around the world in search of a part of herself which she feels she has lost. Through her adventures in Italy, India, and Indonesia, Gilbert comes to the realization that sometimes what you are running away from could be the exact thing that you need. Thank you, Susan. Okay, this is uh, a journey. Uh, This film is described, I think, perfectly by its title, Eat, Pray, Love. And to me, it equates to the beginning, middle, and end, which the end I am not at all happy about, but we'll get to that. I'm giving you a little foreshadowing of where I want to go. Uh, What are your thoughts on the title? Uh, I'm definitely inclined to agree with you. It, it's about her journey, the the, the beginning of it um, is the eating part, obviously, and, and um, the, the middle is the prey and the end is the love. And it's, it's, it really sums up her journey as well as the actual physical locations that she visits. So it, it really it's an all-inclusive title. And it also talks, I mean, it's, it's sort of the, the progression of life, right? 
besides um, her individual. I think it's something we all go through. Yeah, yeah, you, I could you know, see that. You're, you're, right? It's it's sort of like from, from uh, cradle to the grave. You yeah. eat, you pray, you love, you get through, you know, and you learn things and – uh, there's always a transformation. It's transformation. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Like you mentioned, first part of the journey is eat. And, oh, mm-hmm. did we see wonderful food, right? But before we oh. get there, we have to get her to that point. Um, and we see she's hungry. The movie starts. She's, she's hungry for more in her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, you know, she says something that's very key, I think. And, and she says that she doesn't want to be a permeable membrane. Uh, and giving all until depletion. Mm-hmm. And I think that so many women do this. Oh, absolutely. I think it's taught that we're supposed to do that. You know, we're supposed to be the self-sacrificing entity for our family, for our lover, for our anything but for ourselves. And and I think it's further evidence that she's, she's feeling this way. Obviously, the relationship with the husband is breaking down. Uh, he doesn't know it. She knows it, and, and she wants the divorce, and then there's the issue she brings up of waiting, et cetera. Um, and she, she also says when she's de- deciding in her life that she doesn't want to be in this marriage, that she doesn't want to be the couple out at the store on Saturday night looking at appliances. Yeah, yeah. I thought That's... that was just so apropos of our, of our society of like, oh, you have to get this and you have to get that and you have to have – and you fill up your life with these things that not, aren't mm-hmm. necessarily – really what the marriage is supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's where she got to with this because they yeah. had a beautiful home. And, and she also says, like, uh, you know, this is a life that I actively participated in. And they flash back to her wedding and, you know, the house, and she's old. She made the plan, and she's in the, the traditional wedding garb with the, the veil and the bridal gown and, and the whole bit. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and you know what, it's like you said, so many of us, this is a society we live in. We live in a consumer society where uh, if once you have this, once you have that, then we're promised that idea of fulfillment, but it never comes. So she had the beautiful house. She had it all, but she had, she had nothing the beautiful wedding, her Right, the, the gown, yeah. the everything, and yet she wasn't happy. And, yeah. and she says to the husband during the divorce, and he's very upset, you know, stop waiting for something. But I think it was really meant for herself that she was waiting to be happy or to be fulfilled. And like you said, you're right, it doesn't come. And and you know she it's the she wanted the desire to be unnerved, which equates to coming alive. You know you want to come alive. And she looks back on her life. She's like, what what happened to that person? She got absorbed into this whole uh, paradigm that was supposed to give her happiness and didn't. So now she wants to live in the here and now. And uh, and she does. She meets James Franco, and she who's also his character's name is David. Mm-hmm. And he introduces her to meditation, soul-searching, Eastern philosophy, and she begins to look outside of herself for the answers. Yes. Yes. And that's, you know, the, that relationship was very interesting. There wasn't a very large age gap, if I recall. Was it like 10 years uh, he was younger than she Something. Was? He was supposed to be a lot younger than her, right? Yeah. And not that that necessarily means anything. But just to throw it out there, um, and and yeah, she. I guess this is something she had never delved into this whole soul searching thing. And she, I had a little problem with this. Okay. Um, I have no problem with the whole idea of soul searching, but she totally. I felt like she totally assumed his. What when somebody's soul searching, you know, not everything's going to speak to them, and she just totally assumed what he was doing. And there's so right, many right, different other got- philosophies out there. She got absorbed never into his life. Right, right, yeah. right. She took on what he was doing. Yeah, that and bothered me a little bit just because 
I thought she was but how many looking for herself. Done that? <laughs> so, but so many women do that in life. You get a boyfriend, yeah. or you, and suddenly it's you know you. Everybody has had that friend or been that person who you know you say you're doing what for whom? It's like yeah. oh, you're going rock climbing, or you know something that you would never have done because you're suddenly dating somebody, or you're yeah. in love, or whatever it is, and yeah. you do sort of absorb their. And I guess that's part of the the ritual of it, but at the mm-hmm. same time. She didn't, you know, when we do that in our culture, women do this more than men. I don't think really men are prone to doing this. I can't speak for them, but I don't think that they are as much as women are. You forget who you you are yourself. Yes. Yes, it's true. Because you start living through the man. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like you said, it is part of a new relationship, so that makes sense. And, you know, you have to try it to know if you're going to like it. And in this case, luckily, it worked out for her that this this, um, avenue – of soul searching that she found through him did speak to her. So in that case, it was good. You know, it did work right. out for her. He, he was a conduit for her to get to this other place. Exactly. And and what she says when she's leaving is only the only one the only thing more impossible than staying is leaving. But she yeah. does it. She yeah. leaves and she goes to Italy. Yeah. And, and, then I, that and was, I don't think, I mean, she gets to Italy, and I know the, the, I don't know what happens in the book, but the the movie makes it sort of seem like the journey begins here. It becomes somewhat alive, and there's all this beautiful uh, cinematography and the food that we see. It just feels so alive, and that's wonderful. And and I, I really enjoyed that part, but I don't think the journey started here. I think it really started the minute she realized what she didn't want in her life. And which is often more important than knowing what you do want. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And you're absolutely right. The journey did start once she made the decision. And, you know, um, because I think, and, and I love the scene where she's in bed with the husband. And spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie. And he says, I, I don't think I want to go to, like, Costa Rica. And she's like, I don't think I want to be married. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> just one simple line. It's so simple. It's just matter of fact. I don't, you know, you know, he's deciding a travel thing. She's deciding her life, which yeah. ultimately becomes a travel adventure. Yeah. Um, I oh, oh, but if if only all of us had a chance to take a whole year and just go off and uh, journey around, wouldn't that be great? That would be fantastic. A nice long sabbatical. Uh, <laughs> so, Roche, and and in doing that, I mean, I think for all of us, anybody who went on, who would go on a journey like this, or has, you you start to find out, you try different things, and that helps you get to know what you want in your life is by by trying different things. And when we see her go through this process of elimination, she, first she's married, then she hooks up with David, and now she's venturing out on her own in Italy. So it's it, it's an interesting uh, look at how you can sort of compartmentalize different things, but it brings you to the next step. Yeah. Absolutely. So they're all connected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Italy for her was a, a huge process of letting go. Like you said, the journey began earlier in the in the recognition. Uh, but the actual letting go, I think, started to begin in Italy. When she, she was now on her own, everything was new. There was no man in her life. She She left everything that she knew behind, and it was just a big adventure. And, and a wonderful one. She makes a friend. She meets yeah. these other people. Um, you know, and, and there's this big part of the, the Italy segment where they start. She's searching for. She's learning the language, and she is searching for a word. They all. They all have this word. They play this game at, at a, a, a table. You know, what word are you? And and she likes the word attraversiamo, meaning let's cross over. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then she, at, before she really takes that word on, they say, what word are you? And she says, I guess I'm a woman in search of a word. Mm. That's right. I do and, remember that scene. Okay. Right. And we're all, I think we're all sort of in search, like, who are you or what do you do? And we're always asked these questions like, oh, what do you do? And what do you, and uh, it's sort of like, is there something in that? Like, how do you, how, how do you verbalize what your essence is? And can you, can we drill down and make it one word? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? The word too is not permanent. It is ever changing as we grow. That's a, that's, that's a good another point. thing, right? It's a that's a very and we're going to get to the labeling. That's a very good point. So I want you to come back to that. Um, the, the thing you said about Italy, she gets there, everything's new. She gets this apartment by herself, and the Italian landlord, this this older Italian woman, says, you know, what she and it's, no husband, and or and she's like, oh, and you see her making the the faces about, oh, no man, you know, you need a man type of of uh, idea, and then when she goes to her friends mother's house for to have the american thanksgiving but they're in italy still the the mother thinks that that liz is strange because she doesn't have a husband mm-hmm. yeah. so there's something in that culture that you, know, you have to have a husband you're you know or is it is there is it because these ladies that we're seeing in the film depicted are older is that a generational yes. thing yes I, I yeah i think it's generational yes absolutely because they were older you know uh I don't think you're going to be hearing a woman, a current young woman, talk like that. You know, yeah, whether it's in I America hope, I or you're right. Yeah, I agree. And, and so I don't know um, if it's culture as much as age. Culture, right? I, it could be both, but it's interesting mm-hmm. that I thought that they were both older. And we're going to. Uh, there, there was someone. Someone said in the film at that point, "Ruin is the road to transformation." You have to have the courage to make decisions. I don't know who said it. I don't necessarily think that's the important part. It's more about the ruin is the road to transformation. So it's about tearing away all this stuff of who you are or what you've been doing or what you think you should be doing and then finally emerging out, you know, uh, uh, the person you're supposed to be or you want to be. Uh, and, and in that, she leaves Italy. She goes to India. Yes. And she arrives at an ashram, and she meets, among others, this gentleman named Texas, also known as Richard, and Richard Jenkins is the actor, and a 17-year-old girl named Tulsi, who is promised in marriage. Uh, not to each other, by the way. They, um, and these two people could be could not be uh, more different, you know, socioeconomically, geographically, and yet we see that they're both strangled and they're struggling with the relationships in their lives. He has an estrangement from his family, and she has pending nuptials to this other little, you know, 17-year-old boy that she doesn't really even know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're very, yes, they're very, and they're very pivotal relationships for her. I think with uh, Richard, uh, she, when she first met him, I got the impression that she really thought he had his stuff together. And she keeps asking me, how do you get to this point? How do you get there? And towards the end of their their time together, we come to find that maybe he's not as together as she thinks and that every day is a struggle and this process of letting go is a daily thing sometimes. And I think that's a valuable lesson that she learned. And, he, and it, it, Go ahead, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say that, um, you know, so she's, she's looking for this mecca. She's looking for this on and off switch where okay, I'm depressed, and now I'm going to be the person I want to be. And maybe it doesn't necessarily work that way. 
It doesn't happen instantaneously. Yeah. You have to, it's a constant stripping away. I guess this is back to the ruin. Ruin is the road mm-hmm. to transformation. It's the stripping away. And yeah. he does tell her at one point, uh, you know, because she's saying, like you said, how, how do you get here? If you want to get to the castle, you've got to swim the moat, which yep. besides sounding like Dr. Phil in that moment, <laughs> which I thought that's like a Dr. Phil. Um, you know, you got to know where the rubber meets the road. Uh, <laughs> but it's, you know, he he does have a point that you can't just, you know, skip across the you ha- the bridge. You have to really understand the struggle to get to where you want to go. Yeah. Now, Tulsi, on the other hand, I think she views her and she sees herself. And I think there's a part of her that just wants to take this girl and run away with her and try and save her. Because she sees Tulsi getting involved in this situation and perhaps might end up as Elizabeth one day, where she feels so strangled, like you said. And yet she can't do anything about it. Liz can't do anything about this. She can't. And that's a letting go process as well. Oh, very good point, Susan. This is what, I, yeah, you you know, what, what do they say? What's the old saying? Uh, I accept the things I can't change. Yes. Uh, and then, will, yeah. You're right. That so was a, two, that's a two, very good point, what she can't control. Yeah, two very, very pivotal relationships mm-hmm. for her in her journey. And for her process, yeah, the mm-hmm. people that you meet, the people. And I think you're right about that. Like, And also in, in bearing who you are, you allow other people in, and then they help in shaping that transformation and re-sculpting who you are. Absolutely. Because if she didn't let them in, they couldn't have affected her the way that they did. Yes, yes, absolutely. absolutely. You know, he says something to her, Texas says something to Elizabeth, um, select your thoughts the way you select your clothes. Hmm. And that's very interesting because, you know, especially in our, the American society, we, we, you know, pick clothes and accessories and watches and shoes. And and yet, are you really thinking, are you choosing your thoughts the way, if we were really focused on our thoughts in our society, maybe we wouldn't be so consumer-oriented or uh, status-driven or even um, just not clear with who we are. Yeah. As we yeah. see so many people struggling, you know, and, and trying things and um, and, and in this ashram, I want I want, you started to make this point before, uh, we see labels. In particular, mm-hmm. there's a vow of silence badge worn at the ashram, and there are other badges de- de- depicting what they're, they're supposed to be doing, what their chores are, as if that's who you are. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, so it's an interesting thing that in the, you're, they're, they're soul-searching in here, so it's some intangible quality they're searching for, and yet they're manifesting what they're doing or supposedly who they are on a piece of paper stuck to their chest. Yeah, yeah. And that seems to be a very cultural thing, too. We we label people by what they do, and that and people kind of live up to it. Or try to. Yeah. Or they can't, and then there's uh, depression or, you know, disappointment or, or mm-hmm. uh, false, uh, you give a, you know, false impression. Uh but I, but I just thought that was an interesting thing. Yeah. Like in there, they're actually wearing the labels, but in the real world, when you're outside of the ashram, you're not wearing the label, but you're kind of labeling yourself in certain ways, or society is labeling us. Yes, absolutely. And and, and yet, she's a woman in search of a word, which is, again, another mm-hmm. label. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we have this need. Human beings, I think, have this need to define ourselves, to give ourselves this this um, framework, you know, and sometimes, a justification. 
It's yeah. the justification of who you are. Or, and and I do think that this this not the book the, the movie really goes to this. It really mm-hmm. plays upon this in in a in the subtext of, uh, you know, obviously she's we know, it's an obvious journey that she's trying to find herself. But it's there's it's really uh, it is about the labels. It's about the underlying messages that we live with every day. And why aren't we happy? And you know why wasn't she happy? And you know some people would think, oh, if I had all that and that husband and everything else. They would be happy, and maybe they wouldn't be once they're in it. Mm-hmm. You can never judge what's going on. Absolutely. Um, you know, and and that brings us to the last point about uh, India, which I would like to make. Is just Texas says everyone is on a journey, and that's obvious. But you know, we ignore it. Do I have, yeah. You know, when do we ever say to the person sitting next to us on the plane, "So, what's your journey?" <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, so many of us just plow through life, not recognizing we are on a journey. We are on a journey, and we don't, or you know, we just don't want to face it. Or there's something about um, really having to face what your journey is, and, and and I think that's why we see so much unhappiness in the world, and you know, and negativity, and and then you you do meet those people that are really very positive and upbeat, and and hopefully they're going to start to outweigh the other. And it just seems like there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, in the absolutely. World, not necessarily in just women's lives, but I think it all comes down to this. If you really sat back and looked at your journey, you'd be a lot less concerned with what someone else is doing than what you're doing in your own life. This is true. And I think a sad part, too, is that people try to suppress their journey through through um, television, through distraction, through alcohol, yes. through food, through other things. They try to suppress the journey. You know, what's the thing? Go with the flow. You know, sometimes right. it's not easy. Sometimes you have to swim the moat. To get to the castle. <laughs> to get to the castle. Um, but that's your journey. Right. So, now, that's speaking, your journey. Now, so she gets to the third part in this in her journey, which is she finally ends up in Indonesia, and in Bali in particular, and she revisits the medicine man, Katuk, who was so cute and so sweet, and, and yes. whom she, she did meet him earlier in the film during a visit to Bali when she was there to write an article. And at that time, early on, he says to Liz, you know, don't look through the head, look through the heart. And that may or may not have been the catalyst to her transformation of leaving the marriage and starting this, but I thought that was interesting. Don't look through the head, look through the heart. You know, basically, what, and I think that when you say that, it also goes to your gut, what is working for you versus what you think you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's what, in our culture, uh, we are taught to be thinkers and to ignore our gut, to ignore our heart. But uh, but life is about the heart. It's about those we love. It's about the love for ourselves. It's about the enjoyment in every day. That's that's living with the heart. And in the here and now, the here and now. Yes. That's a very good point. In the here and now, you, you don't really. When you're thinking things through, you're not living in the here and now because you're seeing the movie in your head. Or if you if you're seeing yourself mm-hmm. in a moment, you're not in the moment. Yeah. Yep. You, you got. Know, it. It's it's a very hard thing to strip away. It's things that you know. As as an actor, I can tell you that it takes a long time and a lot of uh, dedication to learn to get rid of the thinking head and work from work from the gut in a moment to moment basis. And it's it is it's hard to do that in our daily lives. And if if you're not trained to do it or you're not even aware of it, how can you? Yes. And another aspect of that is you know we're we're taught to be so protected and or we've been hurt in the past, so we close ourselves off and we close right. our heart off. And and part of her Elizabeth's journey, I think, is again opening up her heart to allow the love in, to allow her self-expression, because she may have been hurt in the past, or she's so protected, or 
And that's that's a really good segue, So I'd like to go a little bit deeper into that because she meets uh, Javier Bardem's character, Philippe. And, and, and the medicine man, just let me take a step back real quick, he has a message of balance for her. She yeah. meets Javier Bardem's character and she, you know she's obviously they're attracted to each other he's got his own deal he's coming off a marriage a bad marriage and it, when she first gets presented with him there's also this other boy there called well he's not a boy he's a young man cute guy named ian on at the beach club and she's mm-hmm. tempted by ian but then yeah. she says like no you know I, this isn't i don't want this so she's learned what she doesn't want at this point yes and i think that's a pivotal a pivotal scene for her because, like you said, you know, she's having a lot of fun, and it would be really easy just to fall back into the old ways. And, and he's very cute. And mm-hmm. Very cute. They're giggling and laughing and having a ton of fun. And, she, I, she, yeah, I think she actually says, I'm do- I've done this before. Or, right. And it didn't work for her. Yeah, and, and she, she walks away. That, right. What, and she was strong enough to walk away, and then she ends up with uh, uh, Philippe. Yeah. Oh, you know, not such a bad second prize. <laughs> Seriously, I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, he's very, you know, very handsome and cute. Uh, we got to talk about this. We've got to get to this to this part of the movie. It's very important, and we're, we only have five minutes left. Okay. Uh, you mentioned earlier the losing yourself. So mm-hmm. at this point, I think she's lost a lot of the stuff she was carrying around. Okay. Yep. I Do agree. agree? Yeah, yeah by Valley that she's so and what you said that now she's she's letting the the walls are coming she was hurt the walls are coming down and that's how Philippe comes in and he also has the same journey in a similar way he was hurt by his ex-wife and now he's got to come to the point of realizing they want to he wants to try and there's a scene where uh, he's about to kiss her it's the big you know sex scene for them to, to uh, be together and. They both are sort of losing their balance. He, when he lifts her up off this chair, you see that both of them, for a split second, hesitate. And they're sort of like, I think they begin dancing a little, but they're kind of off balance. So the physical is mimicking the emotional in, the, you know, in that scene. He seems a little bit off kilter. Um, and then, you know, obviously they get together and they're all happy. And then I, I, I can't remember how they sort of had a little something and they, they have a little split and she realizes that she really does care for him. And she yep. comes running to the dock, mm-hmm. and he's there at a boat. Yep. And, you know, the word atroversiamo comes up again. And, oh, Susan, shall I just yes. say it? Shall I just say sure. it? I cannot believe this was the typical Hollywood ending. After yeah. all this journey, yeah. now I yeah. know the show, Chick Flick Chat, is always supposed to be observational, and I think this is observational, but I think it's got a tweak of opinion in here, and I'm going to go that way, but mm-hmm. this was such a disappointment, because mm-hmm. you had this wonderful journey, this woman's going, making all this, this progress, and then she sails off into the sunset with a man. Yeah, yeah, very disappointing, and I have not read the book. But what I hear is that the movie ending is completely different from the book ending. So, so this isn't even the reality of the journey. Why, right. And you know more people are going to see the movie ultimately than read the book. Yeah. Why are they Very putting this message out? I almost yeah. felt like I was going to hear her say to him, you complete me. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I was, it was that cliche. And it was so disappointing because the film yeah. itself, I had, I had my doubts about it, but it really was an enjoyable movie. And the, the cinematography alone and the locations were gorgeous. And mm-hmm. Julie Roberts did a very nice job. And I, I just was very disappointed with the ending. I really yeah. just thought, oh. 
I and, do. you know, this is going to make great fodder for Chick Flick Chat, so, so I'm glad <laughs> we got this out. Uh, a couple of things. Anything you want to note about the scenery, props, camera shots, et cetera? Oh, just like you said, absolutely beautiful. It made me want to visit each of these places. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. And, uh, about the, 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 the name of the country she's picked, Italy, India, Indonesia, all begin with the letter I. Mm, interesting, Why right? didn't she go to France? And, right. and, 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 you know, like it's, but it all, there's something in the eye. I don't know if that was an unconscious choice by uh, Liz Gilbert when she wrote the, wrote the, did the journey and then wrote the book, but I just right. thought that was an interesting point. Interesting coincidence. Uh, there, there's a point in early on in the film when she's making changes, and the, the song in the background is, is Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks is singing, Thunder Only Happens When It Rains. Mm. You know, and, and it's, so I thought that was an interesting thing. Another song that comes up during the turkey scene was Searching for a Heart of Gold. Oh, okay. Nice. So they're cutting up the turkey. You know, again, again, it's you know they're cutting the turkey up, so it's ruining the turkey. You know, and and the guy, the the road to transformation, I suppose, stripping away. And she's her searching for a heart of gold, which ultimately, I guess, that's what she ends up with. We have one minute left, Susan. Anything okay. you want to add? Um. I thought, you know what, I have to say I enjoyed the movie much more discussing it with you than I enjoyed it when I was sitting in the theater. I don't feel that they, the journey was well, um, you know, they didn't get it across, but I didn't feel it in my heart. I, logically, I understood she was on a journey, she was unhappy, but I didn't feel it in my heart. I enjoyed it, talking it over with you much better. I have to agree with you on that. I, 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 I really liked it when I was sitting through to the very end. And then yeah. I thought, and I made my notes, and I came home, and, I, and I, you know, we, I saw it, what, weeks and weeks ago. And then in preparing for the show, I started getting excited to talk about it, and I'm so glad we did because I think yeah. I got a lot, a lot more out of this Chick Flick Chat. Thank yeah, you, Susan. And as always, I can't wait for the next Chick Flick Chat. Thank I really you. enjoy doing these with you. Me too. Thank you, Lucy. And thank you, listeners, for sharing part of your busy day with us. We understand that every minute counts, and we hope our radio shows and lifestyle information at www.herewearewithlucy.com help you make your life better, brighter, and easier on your way to running the world. I'm Lucy Weston, and I look forward to talking with you next time on Here We Are. Here We Are.